and welcome to episode six of Chatterbox. Hey, I feel like we're on a roll already. My name's Suzanne. I'm from SuzanneDecree.com. And as usual... Hi, everyone. I'm Liz Tapia, the Dark Angel from DarkBeautyMusic.com. And today we are going to talk about the bane of everyone's existence. Time management. (laughs) How how do you find time? How do you make time to get everything done that you have to do? That's a loaded question. That is a loaded question. I prefer to have a glass of wine and pretend that those responsibilities don't exist. <laughs> the butterflies will take care of it. The butterflies. The butterflies are back. Yes. The first thing, and uh, I know I get I get a lot of eyebrows going up when I say this, but the first thing that I do, and you all know by now I have a day job, um, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Man, you're an early bird. That is the first thing that I do for my time management because I get up at 4.30 in the morning. And that gives me usually a couple hours before I have to be in the office that I can get something done. And it's, it's uninterrupted time. It's, there are no doorbells. There are no phone calls, unless you're chatting with people from Europe or, you know, different time zone. There are not normally any dogs barking. There are not family members knocking on the door. It's uninterrupted time where you can concentrate and bang stuff out. So that's my first trick is just get up ridiculously early in the morning, uh, stay up late at night trying to get even more stuff done and go through your day job like you're a zombie. Well, you do know that most CEOs have this kind of scheduling. Basically, you are your own CEO. That is scary. Hi, I'm Suzanne. I am CEO of Suzanne Decree. That sounds kind of cheeky, actually. What I'm trying to say is, since you are the CEO of your own company, SuzanneDecree.com, you do have to make those sacrifices and get up super early to engage in whether it's social media or whatever it is you need to do before everybody comes crashing at your door and trying to get your attention. Yes. Another part of my time management is in addition to getting up super, super early, I find that I do different things better at different times of day. Oh, that's such a great point because that def- that works for me as well. You know, I find when I get up at 4.30 in the morning, it has to be some kind of creative brain work. So either I'm doing some social media or I'm doing like I'm I'm actually revamping my guitar soloing course right now so something like that where I can sit down and I can concentrate and I can do it I find kind of middle of the day is great for me to write pose prose rather you know work on the libretto for the opera or work on one of the the stories that I'm writing or you know one of the movie scripts that I'm writing or some other ridiculous thing that I'm doing creatively um nighttime is is just all about the guitar when, when I sit down at night, I've got a couple hours at night and 
only thing, no matter how hard I try, that's just like logged in my brain as guitar time. And that's my practice, my writing, my, you know, my composition time. Well, I'm glad you're not getting up at 4.30 in the morning to bang out a couple of chords. And so are the neighbors. <laughs> I'm sure. So that's that's like my first step is just to get up super early. And it works. I, I've tried getting up at 3.30 in the morning. That doesn't go so well. But I find 4.30 is kind of a comfortable compromise between getting my day started and doing the things that I have to do, like getting to work and, you know, getting dressed for work and getting showered, hopefully, so I don't offend the people at work and all that good stuff. 4.30 is a comfortable compromise for me. Your Your compromise might be a little bit different, but I do suggest either early in the morning, if you can, or late at night when nobody else is around and nobody else is there to bother you and interrupt you. Well, that's interesting that you're saying that because I like getting up in the morning and writing. For some reason, the morning seems to be my most energized time. So I do find that I'm able to create and write in the morning. But I also agree with you at nighttime, when I'm away from the day's work after dinner and just kind of chilling at home is when I start to also get that second creative wave coming through. And then I start working on either writing or, well, my vocal practice is always at nighttime too, because there's no way that I can get up early in the morning and start belting out some operas or scales. Not so good for the neighbors here. I know. I know. Neighbors are very, very, very intrusive when it comes to being a, a creative soul. Although I have to say, and you have been to my place here, so uh, our neighbor next door, she's great because she's actually a documentary filmmaker, and we seem to have, this floor seems to have a lot of artists living here, so they really don't mind, and she's she says, oh, I love to hear you singing your scales. It's so beautiful. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that I had people listening on the other side of the door. And uh, I'm always worried about the noise level. There's no way to sing quietly either, though, you know. Well, I mean, I guess there is. But when you're practicing, you really need to use the voice. Well, here's the here, here's a funny little story. Uh, when I was living in New York, when I had uh, the apartment in New York, there was an apartment directly behind us. And uh, at one point, there was a singer in the in the apartment behind us. And I don't know whether he was a, you know, song and dance man trying to do the Broadway thing or if he was just a, a singer or whatever. All we ever heard this guy sing was the word Apple up and down a major scale. That's all we ever heard. Just mm. Apple up and down a major scale, like for half an hour every night. And we're sitting there thinking, okay, do, do, you, you have no repertoire to practice. You have no, you know, you have no other scales, no arpeggios, no. It was just the weirdest thing. Like every night, like clockwork, I think it was about seven o'clock from like seven to seven thirty. We listened to Apple up and down a major scale for months on end until he moved out. Oh, I'd love to hear that scale. I've never gotten the Apple scale. I've never gotten the Apple scale. I have several Apple devices, 
but I've <laughs> never had an Apple scale. Um, you know, maybe the next time I visit my Steve, Steve Jobs shrine over there in the corner, I will ask him if there is such a thing as an Apple scale. All right, I am going to take a quick nap here while I catch up on the sleep that I missed getting up at 4.30 in the morning. We will see you in just a minute. In addition to making podcasts, I've also been known to sing a song or two. To get a free sample track, visit darkbeautymusic.com and sign up for our mailing list. Your info will never be given out to anyone else and you'll get a free track. And while you're there... Check out the music page for more information on One Love Music for Relief, a benefit compilation for disaster relief that we are proud to be a part of. That's darkbeautymusic.com, and don't forget to sign up for the mailing list. Welcome back to the Chatterbox. Thanks so much for sticking with us, and here at our half-dozenth episode Half dozenth. I think I'm starting to English, maybe just oh, a little bit, Liz. Hey, step off there, lady. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Union rules. Don't be Englishing on my time. That's uh, right, is, union rules. Is, is there an English union? I, I, I don't know. I, well, I, if it is, it's run by the Dark Angel. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about time management. Uh, which clearly we do not have on this podcast at all. Uh, and <laughs> the first point well, was we that do. we kind of do. And what? by the way, that just reminds me to ask our wonderful listeners out there to please feel free to chime in and post on our Chatterbox Facebook group page. And Suzanne, go ahead and give them that link. Facebook.com slash groups slash chatterbox rocks and let us know what your time management tips are. So one of the things that I do to keep myself organized and keep the time management under control is to, or I should say, keep my lack of time management under control is use Liz and my favorites organizational device, the whiteboard. Now, my whiteboard has much information on it. Um, I have you know, year-end goals, kind of what I'm shooting for and kind of keep myself on track there. But I also have, you know, the different projects that I'm working on right now, what needs to happen. And then I keep kind of a running tally on there of what I need to accomplish week by week. So when I get those, you know, snippets of time, when I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I've had my 17th cup of coffee and I can finally open my eyes without the aid of toothpicks, I can go and go, oh, hey, you know, this week I'm revamping the soloing course, so let me sit down and let me work on that. And then I've got a structure there so that I can do something instead of spending, you know, the entire two or three hours, whatever I have before I go to work, looking for something to do. Oh, what should I be doing now? So organization, I find keeping yourself organized helps with managing your time and and getting the most productivity out of yourself because let's face it as musicians we are all self-employed that's that's what we do it's what we're trying to do and you have to kind of turn on that little bit of business brain and start thinking like the managers at your day job and kind of you know, work backwards a little bit from, hey, how do we get stuff done at work? And, you know, does it work? Does it not work? 
So I'm just curious, by the time you're getting up in the morning, when you're, when you're up at 4.30 in the morning and you're working those, what is it, three hours before you actually have to go to the next job, the day job, are you getting any interruptions at all or are you just able to work straight through? Normally I'm able to work straight through. The only interruptions I have are um, for, I usually have, uh, like if I have to be at work at nine, I have to leave at eight. So that usually gives me two hours. So I work you know, two hours straight through. And I usually get a ton done because there's, there, there, there's not a soul stirring in, in Pittsburgh at four 30 in the morning. There's just, you know, there's nobody else up. Yeah. It's a great time to be able to work because there really aren't any distractions at that early time in the morning. And it's probably going to be some of, like you said, your best time. It's, it's, it's a time that works for me as well, but not quite at four 30, but I find that the morning is definitely the best energy that I have for being creative. But with me, I don't have enough time and I can't seem to get myself up at 4.30. So I have to work on getting myself up a little bit earlier to get more in, you know, more work in before I have to go to work. And, you know, I do notice when I try and call you at 4.30 in the morning, I go straight to voicemail. (laughs) Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) What's up with that? I mean be calling Liz at 4.30 in the morning going, hey, I got a great idea for the podcast. Yeah, well, you know that I've turned my phone on airplane mode, so (laughs) I wonder where I learned that little trick from. Hey, you know, and that is another great time management tip. (laughs) That is something something else that I learned for time management. That's important because if you have your phone on constantly and people are texting you, and by the way, that is the one thing that I do not like about having a cell phone is that people seem to think that they can grab you at any time of the day and... And they expect an instant response, which is even worse. It is worse because... Speaking of which, you never returned my text from 4.30 this morning. (laughs) Well, because it was on airplane mode because I need to sleep. But it's you can't just turn everything off and constantly be distracted just because your phone is buzzing in or someone's emailing you and because then you can't get anything done. And that's and that's true because well because it's not false. <laughs> we are so deep in this podcast. <laughs> that's really deep, Suzanne. It is. It's we are all about the philosophy on this podcast, let me tell you. Uh, but anyway, when you have that constant distraction of Facebook, when you have the constant distraction of emails, when you have the constant distraction of your dog barking, your neighbors mowing the lawn, whatever, it makes it hard to concentrate and get stuff done. And now for a brief pause while we hear a word from our sponsors. Howdy, this is Farmer Jim. And that's Bessie. Bessie says hi. Do you need help understanding your cow? Well, Bessie here can teach you how to speak cow. Moo. Well, thanks, Bessie. I agree. Down here at Farmer Jim Bob's School of Animal Talk, you can learn to talk like a chicken, like an old hound dog, or like a bunny. They're very quiet. 
Come on down, learn how to talk to your farm animals so you can request favors from them. Bye-bye. And now, back to our program. I, I read an interesting article one day about the amount of time people spend working at their jobs. And this, the, the author of this article actually estimated that when we're at work for eight, eight or nine or 10 hours, we really only do three to four hours worth of work. His, his rationale is, well, you know, you get up from your desk, you go to the bathroom, you meet people, you chit, you chat, you hang out at the water cooler when you go to grab a drink because you need to get up and you end up chit chatting around the water cooler. Then you've got your lunch break and... You know, somebody at the office has a birthday, so everybody stops to get cake or whatever. So there are all these constant distractions around what we're supposed to be doing at our day job. So we don't get through an at actual eight solid eight hours of working. We only do uh, about half of that because of all these tiny time pools that are happening throughout the day. Well, it's interesting that you're saying that because it's not even just these little pullaways that you're getting tugged away from what you were doing, but it's also, you didn't even mention social media in there. I did not. Cause I do, as, as we know, so not a huge fan. Yeah. But it's like, that's another two hours. That's out of I know this is, this is a two hours of no, uh, but I, and I'm not a fan of social media because of the time suck. You jump on Facebook and next thing you know, it's four hours later. And the only thing you've accomplished was reading about how people hate traffic, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, whatever the meme of the day is. And quite frankly, a lot of the memes are extremely funny and I like them a lot, but you know, I, social media is a big time draw. You, you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter. The next thing you know, it's been an hour and you've, you know, you've had a little bit of fun. You've, you've dillied and dallied and, and, you know, made a couple friends and, and did some joke, but you really didn't accomplish anything. You know, there wasn't a, a beginning, a middle and an end. There wasn't a goal. There wasn't something to, to do other than sit there and waste time for an hour. Yeah, and that's true because you're surrounded by all of this social media now. And what's interesting is that I'm sure a lot of em employers are having a hard time with their employees too because people, you know, you have to be on social media sometimes to do part of your job, depending on what kind of position maybe you're holding. But at the same time, it kind of can also lead to socializing in other ways that you're not supposed to be doing. So it's kind of like, it's almost like a drug that you can't stop. It is. It's a, you know, and, and I think there is a 12-step program for Facebook. I'm pretty sure. Along with the course of Liz's Englishing. Yes. Right yes. next to it. Yes. There, there will be a complete Englishing course released later this year. Yes. It will have the word and the definition. And we will be holding a contest. You will have to say it, spell it, and use it in a sentence. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I think we should have a contest. I think we should. I think this would be an excellent contest. This would be a great time for our listeners to be posting and letting us know in our group Chatterbox Rocks Facebook page. Uh, let us know if you're up for this challenge. And then Suzanne and I will come up with a fabulous prize. Listeners of Chatterbox, 
Do you English? <laughs> well, I know I do. <laughs> and on that note, while we go write the revised Liz Tapia Dictionary, we're going to take a short break. Hi, this is Suzanne from SuzanneDecree.com. I want to help you become a better guitarist. Stop by my Facebook page, Suzanne Decree one or hit me up on Twitter, at Suzanne Decree and let me know what you're struggling with. I'll give you a free 30-minute lesson. One per customer, please. All right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial break as much as we enjoyed writing our new dictionary. There is probably one last really important piece of information that we need to cover on this topic, and that is the importance of downtime. I Wait, mean... There is downtime? There, there, there is supposed to be. It, it does exist out there somewhere. I think that's part of the problem. I never seem to get enough downtime. Neither do I. I don't think I get much. I get maybe an hour a night. I know I cannot come in from the day job and go straight to doing something else. I have to stop. And um, I will admit, it's usually about an hour, and it's usually blasting classical music in in my ears for about an hour. And uh, quite specifically, Taria's Ave Maria album. I think I've already established that I am a Tarya fangirl. Um, but normally that is the routine because I have to get the day job out of my system. I have to get it out of my head so that I'm in a headspace to create and to do something useful, anything, (laughs) whether it's make lunch for the next day or write a song, something that has some sort of meaning and some sort of construct behind it. It's hard to do that too, because when you come home from work, you know, sometimes you just can't seem to wind down. And you know you've got all these things coming up ahead in the night that you need to get to. But if you don't have just an hour or so or whatever the time frame that one needs to be able to, you know, get that stuff out of your head so that you can just move with your nightly projects, it's very hard to get there. And then I find that sometimes I come home and from work and... I'll have dinner and I have a great dinner and then all of a sudden, immediately I'll just start thinking of, okay, well, what do I have to do next? What do I have to do next? And then I'll find myself, you know, uh, I don't know, just bombarded with all of the things that are popping into my head of things that I need to do. And sometimes it just doesn't allow me to wind down. So this is where meditation can come in very handy, by the way. It it. it and I mean, my meditation is kind of the classical music. That's, you know, I, I, as I call my headphones, I stick my halo of distortion on and, uh, you know, I, I listen to something classical and I just, it's, it is my meditation. Um, I used to do a more kind of traditional meditation, but I found as I got older, it started getting harder and harder to concentrate like that. Um, so now I just kind of put the, put the classical music in and, and let my, let my thoughts drift. And I find, you know, after about an hour, I can, I can go do that. And I find myself recharging. Um, you know, another really interesting thing that I've discovered is 
the connection. And I know I've mentioned on a previous podcast that I am trying to, that I have quite a significant amount of weight to lose. And I've, I've done pretty well so far. I've lost about a quarter of what I'm looking to lose. Um, hey, she's done great. You're doing an amazing job. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And boy, um, is that a topic that is so hard for so many people, including myself, is. too. You know, we might have to do a podcast on that one of these days. I think we should. Um, but, you know, I find that stress eating is a big part of not only what you're doing and, and what you're getting done, but also, you know, uh, your psyche and what kind of mind frame you're in. I have learned uh, through trial and error that I cannot eat as soon as I walk through the door. Interesting. You know, I cannot walk through the door. And, and it's so hard because the, the whole, my whole life, my mother's goal was to have hot dinner on the table as soon as my father walked in. For me, this is a terrible idea. I walk through the door. I'm stressed from the day at work. And you put a plate of food in front of me. I'm going to scarf it down along with everything else in the kitchen just because I haven't gotten disengaged and I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. So for me, if I walk in and I start eating right away, you know, I spend the rest of the night going, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? Why did I do this? Why was I eating when I knew I wasn't even hungry? You know, it's well, I think you and a lot of other people have the same problems with that. I mean, that seems to be very common amongst a lot of people. It's it is very common when when you get that psyche go, when you get those thoughts in your head and you start beating yourself down, it then becomes even harder to get something else done. And you end up vegging in front of the television or something and doing something else while you're having a, a, you know, self-made pity party. So, you know, I've, I've learned that one of the things that I have to do for time management is I have to take that hour and I have to take that hour before I do anything, before I eat, before I, you know, I'll come in, I'll grab a glass of water or a glass of milk or something, but I won't do anything until I've had that time to decompress. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's different for you because you're in a situation where, like you're saying, when you're, as soon as you're walking in the door, your mom has dinner prepared already. For me, it's a totally different story because when I'm walking in the door, I'm the one that has to prepare dinner. So it's almost like for me, when I'm preparing dinner or as I'm, as I'm cooking, I kind of have a chance to sort of wind down in that moment too, you know, while I'm thinking about, okay, what am I going to make for dinner? And, and then it just, I think, I guess naturally helps me to sort of come off of this work day so that by the time I'm ready to sit down and have dinner, you know, my mind is a little bit more clear, but I can see where that would be hard to just come home and then bang there. Every, everything's just there waiting for you. Although a lot of people would say that's a really nice thing to have, but if you know that you have a lot of projects to do, like you and I are doing a lot of things at nighttime, and I'm not saying that nobody else has things going on, but in, in, in this kind of situation, you know, many people don't. They just kind of come home from work and then they, they, they can put things away. For artists, musicians, and people that are trying to 
advance their careers. You're, it's a constant doing of something. So you don't really have the luxury of just putting everything down and, and just, you know, kind of relaxing the rest of the night away. But it is important to take those breaks and get yourself back in a headspace where you can do what you're supposed to be doing. Did you say become a head case? Uh, no, I've already done that, actually. <laughs> As we have mentioned before on this podcast, my brain is a scary place to live. That's why I go out as often as I can. It is really scary in there. It is. Cobwebs. Lots and lots of cobwebs. You need a new cleaner in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for that vacuum guy to knock back on the door. We'll send him home because he was too loud the last time. <laughs> this is true. All right, everybody. We're going to see you in the next podcast. We are going to sign off now. This is Suzanne with SuzanneDecree.com. And I'm Liz Tapia, the dark angel of darkbeautymusic.com. Please let us know what you're thinking about our chatter here and post on our group page and hashtag us at, what is it? Hashtag Chatterbox. Chatterbox. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you at the next podcast. And thank you so much for joining in. We will talk to you later. Bye. Chatterbox. Chatterbox. Chatterbox.